Hello everyone. Welcome to our podcast Parents for Education. Here we explore ways to improve our children's learning experience and our performance as parents. Before we begin, don't forget to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts where you can get more answers to your questions on education and become part of the community. Let's welcome Jim Zuez, a career educator and an international speaker. Jim will speak to us today about dealing with kids and technology. Hi Jim, how are you today? Hi Bhavani, happy to be here, happy to be recording the podcast with you. It's always fun. Yes. Yes, Jim, and today we have a very very interesting topic going on today, and that's about technology. The best way to describe technology today is it's a necessary evil, right? So as much as we all want it, we also despise it because it's intruded into our personal lives. And this is going to happen to our kids today and to the future also. So we really would like to get some insight on this from you and your expert advice to make parents understand how they could help their kids, you know, use technology the right way but not become a slave to it. Yeah, I think that's a very good point and it's interesting because you know, I was thinking about this today and like we are sort of the last generation that remembers the world before cell phones. Mm-hmm. You know, we experienced the world before cell phones and now with now from cell phones to smartphones, tablets, all the other digital media. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's it's interesting because, uh, we, you know, as a society and as a world, we're it's still a new topic for us. You know, we're still new at figuring out technology, what it can do for us, uh, what what the liabilities are. And, you know, technology is moving faster than society can keep up to some degree. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot happening. There's a lot going on. It gets, you know, sometimes it gets way out of control on social media, different things like that. Other times it's, you know, I mean, we have technology that saves lives, things mm-hmm. like, you know. I saw a, a recent um, ad from from Apple where they were they were promoting how, you know, their Apple Watch was able to save people's lives by detecting heart problems and detecting when they're in an accident and getting help and things like that. So it, technology is definitely a, a, a very broad subject in mm-hmm. terms of its, you know, positive and negative effects on our lives. Mm-hmm. But it's happening very fast. And I think it's important to talk about, you know, with our children, how it affects our children. Yeah, yes, it is. Because today's parents, you know, when I meet a lot of uh, parents out there, that's what they have. The first question is, how did you grow up your children? You did not have this at your, in your period of time, you know. You did not, uh, did your child, uh, was your child addicted to the TV or was your child addicted to the iPad? So, you know, sometimes we have our, my, I have my own brother asking me this question. Did you, how did you grow up your kid without giving him or her the I, iPad or whatever? But um, it's an easy way out for uh, parents, right, Jim? They just think, um, okay, the child is crying and she, she or he says, I want it, I want it, I want it. And then, okay, here, take it, just go. So we really need your advice on this. And why are kids so addicted to this? Why? Right. Okay, good Good question. Yeah, because it's hard as a parent. It's hard to know, uh, you know, when to be tough, when to be soft, when to be loving, when to be firm. And, um, you know, and, and, and our own emotions come into it too, you know, where we get frustrated and then we decide we're going to be really tough and really hard 
and then we go too far and then we regret it and then we get too soft because we feel bad from the time we were angry and it kind of goes back and forth. And I think with all things with parenting, I think it's important to think about the right policies for these things, not when you're in the middle of the problem, but afterward to take a moment when you're calm to kind of maybe make some notes what happened, what is a good policy for your family, how do you how do you address this in the future? So then you have some some well thought out guidelines that moderate your behavior when you're not in the middle of the emotional situation. And I think that's a basically good advice for any any of the tricky points of parenting. But I would like to talk I would like to talk specifically, you know, with uh, the sort of digital addiction that kids get into now because that's really what it is. Um, I, I've done uh, work in the in the drug rehabilitation field, and I've known, spoken to former and past, you know, drug addicts and current drug users and different things. And and you know, there is that you know that addiction. You know, there's a big mental component to it, but there's a big uh, kind of chemical component to it as well. And you know, in the in the drug world, they're producing drugs that are stronger and more effective. And in terms of recreational drugs, they're a higher high with higher addictive um, qualities to them. And the same is true on the, on the, on, in the digital world. You know, if you think like every app that was ever made is designed to keep you on that app as long as possible. Okay. Every, every form of entertainment, every form of streaming service, every kind of game, the goal of the developer of that app is to keep you on and keep you engaged as long as possible. So already, if you think of that, they're already working against your interests because their goal is to absorb as much of your time and attention mm-hmm. as possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one of the ways they do that is through lots of uh, trigger reward mechanisms, oh, okay. like different mm-hmm. sound effects, okay. different mm-hmm. like, oh, you just leveled up. Now you have extra power to go mm-hmm. fight bigger enemies or things like this in terms of games. You know, you reach different levels. You have this feeling. You have this sort of like illusion of accomplishment. Like, oh my God, I'm a level 10 warrior and I started at a level zero warrior and look how great I'm doing. And it, it's, it's, it's it, this illusion that you're actually have accomplished something when really it's just it's just sort of a, a trap to keep you more and more engaged by, by giving you these different re- reward mechanisms that will like trigger dopamine in the brain to make you feel like, oh, something good is happening and you're experiencing all this pleasure, but it's not pleasure that's based in reality. So it's not really a pleasure related to true happiness. I get that, you know, but then do kids really understand the difference for them? It's probably high dopamine is always feeling good, right? So how do we make them understand the difference? Yeah, so I don't know that you can make them understand it. Okay. I, I, mm-hmm. I you know, I, okay. honestly, I think, I think there are ways to sort of educate them on these things, mm-hmm. but I also think that there is sort of like just the time where the parent just has to say enough is enough. Take away the iPad, turn off the internet, you know, stop using the, stop using the, the cell phone as a babysitter. You know, it breaks my heart all the time when I see kids at restaurants and in order to be good, like the parent just gives them, gives them some digital device to, to distract the child so that the parents can eat. Instead of teaching the kid to have good manners, to be a good listener, to participate in the conversation, 
you know, to have prop appropriate manners for, for a restaurant environment. Instead, they just go, okay, I'll just, I'll just give this, give this kid this digital pacifier and then, uh, then I, yeah. you know, then I can, you know, enjoy my meal or whatever. I, I think that's a great word, digital pacifier. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think that that's, that's so true, you know, that kids do that all the time. So I, I really would like to know, Jim, the same feel. How can kids get the same feel doing other activities? How do they, do you think we can make them feel that way? Or does the parent have to use some force, just like what you said, you know? No, this is it, finished. You have to take it away. Would it be a better if we could teach them that they could feel good doing other things too? I think that's a very good point. And, and yes, I, I think that's absolutely true. So, I mean, two things have to happen because the other thing that happens just in life is, you know, we like to rest. We'd like to be, you know, you know, we like to be stationary. We like to, you know, we can get into a situation where we don't like to exert effort. And then, you know, it's sort of like, oh, I could go go run, you know, five miles a day or I could sit on the couch and watch television. You know, it's sort of like, oh, I'd rather just sit on the couch and relax and watch somebody else run. I'll go watch a, you know, a football match or something. Uh, so, you know, I think that um, uh, it, I think it takes both. I think it takes it, it's a matter of taking away these points of uh, these digital addiction items and then and then replacing those with positive activities, activities outdoors, creative things, stuff like that. Um, I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you a little story about how I dealt with this with my own children. Okay. So my kids are, you know, my, yeah, my kids are in their mid twenties now. So figure they were, you know, around the year 2000, they were very young. They were what, six, four and two at that time. So young children. And at that time, it wasn't so much about, you know, digital games. There weren't any of these, you know, there were some video games, but they weren't into the video games, but they're into videos. They're into watching videos. And we had all these, you know, tapes of shows they liked and they would watch them over and over. They'd watch the same episodes over and over, you know, it was just like constantly. And they, and they were, they got that same addiction. It was the same as the kids dealing with video games and, you know, um, the problem with the problem with the addiction, you know, is that it absorbs so much of their time, attention, and and also influences their behavior. Because if you try taking these things away, you can see they're going to react just like a, you know, taking a taking taking drugs away from a drug addict. They're going to react violently. They get upset. They throw tantrums. They promise to be good. You know, they you know it's all these things. So with my kids at that time, they're watching you know too many videos, too much television. And so I started to make up all these rules, right? And I said, okay, first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna only watch like one show a night. So each kid could pick like one show. And so then what happens is, you know, next thing you know, I've got three kids, each wanting to pick their one show and each watching the other kid's show. So it's still like three hours of television a day. You know, it's like, whoa, you know, this isn't working. Cause I'd go, okay, well, you know, they'd watch one show and they'd be like, I'd be, okay, good. So you watch your show. That's enough now. We're turning off the television. And then, you know, child number two would go, no, that was child number one's show. Now I get to watch my show, right? And so then they'd watch, then another show would go on. It was like this constant like battle, right? And, you know, so it's like, okay. So then, so then, 
then then we came up with like an idea of like okay well you have to um you know make sure whatever all your homework is done and things like that so you know that that was very hard to enforce a lot of the time uh and then i came up with a system where you know i thought well i don't really care so much the fact that they're watching television i do care about the fact that they are um not productive you know they're not using their time well okay and so then i got into well, okay, you could earn TV time. So I made up these little TV dollars, I actually printed up little TV dollars. And then when they did chores or they behaved or whatever, they get a little TV dollar, which allowed them to watch TV. And like, next thing you know, I mean, that was a terrible system because it just turned into like this big uh, black market economy where all kinds of nonsense was happening. And it was just, it was just a terrible situation, terrible, terrible solution, right? And so then, then, so then I tried all these different things. And basically, the problem with these kind of regulated solutions is they become very, I mean, then you just have to enforce them all the time. And it's a question of like, how much energy do you have at the end of the day to for, enforce these things and still be positive and still deal with the upsets and all this kind of stuff, right? So then, finally, one day, um, um, my wife and, and kids left town to go visit grandma for a week. So then one, one, one day, my, uh, my wife and kids left town for about a week. They were going to visit grandma and I, I was home. And so then I decided that while they were gone, I would just get rid of all the television stuff. Because what I did is, is I, I took the TV, I put it up in the attic. We had a TV in my bedroom. We put that in the closet. And not only that, but I took away all the videos, right? So so they weren't, they didn't have this constant reminder. Oh my God, look what we're missing out. Like we had like a bookshelf full of different videos that they like to watch. And I just took all those and I put them all in the attic. So when, when they got home from vacation, there would be nothing there. It'd be as, as though we never had a TV in our lives. There was no re reminder of it. There was no like, oh my gosh, we're missing something. Um, so then they came home. They came home from from this trip. And just like a little, little drug addicts, they came in and they were completely, they were like, oh, we're so glad we get to be home. You know, at grandma's house, there was no good television. And now we want to watch television. And then they come in the living room like, uh, where's the television? And then they're just shocked, right? Because there was no television. And then they're looking around like, where's all our videos? And like, just shocked. And there's like, you know, no videos. And they're like, oh my God, you know, what's happened? Dad, what did you do? And like, and for like 48 hours, they were very upset. They were like, oh my God, this is so terrible. And I hate you. And you know, you're a terrible dad and you're so mean and all this kind of stuff. And then f after about 48 hours, they just kind of got over it because I wasn't, I wasn't going to budge. And then they just started doing all the things you love with kids. You want them to be doing, you know, they started, you know, cooking in the, cooking in the kitchen, playing in the garden, um, you know, building things with Legos, playing sports together, riding their bicycles, like all those things you want your child to be doing. They just did because there was no digital alternative for them. So I, I do think, you know, that there is, it is, you know, the conclusion of that is that they, um, uh, like, like the, the conclusion of that is, is very hard to kind of in a situation where you're restricting or limiting the use of these digital devices as opposed to just eliminating them completely. Okay. So, um, yes. So 
And I know that's not as practical when people have cell phones on them and you need computers and different things like that. So I, I will say, um, as an, uh, I'll, I'll add another chapter to that story, right? Which is after a couple of years of this, you know, we did this for a couple of years, did this, and then like for my wife and I, after the kids would fall asleep, I'd lug this huge television out of our closet. I'd set it up in our bedroom. We'd watch a show or two. And then like, you know, whatever, at one or midnight or something, I'd have to put it back in there, right? And so we did that for a while. And um, then one night my, my daughter came in the room. It had to be about 1230. She couldn't sleep. She comes to my room. She's like, what? You have television? <clears throat> and I looked at her. I go, yes, we have television. You do not. You know, and then I just went, you know, I put her back to bed and then and then we uh, put the TV away and, you know, eventually, you know, whatever. And it just but by that time, it just wasn't as big of a deal. Um, and so this went on for several years for like, I don't know, maybe four years or so. We didn't have any television, really. And then we, and then they got to the point where uh, my boys got very serious into football. They, they love football. They were into football. They. They wanted to be able to watch football games live on television, so we wound up getting a television and and this and that. And then, um, but at that point, it wasn't so. The kids were over sort of that addiction thing. They weren't like having to have it. They could watch a show. They'd get bored after a while. They'd turn it off. They'd go do something else. You know, they were more into playing games with their friends and doing stuff like that than just sitting in front of the the television all the time. So uh, it wasn't that we had to like prevent them from having a television forever. It just got to the point where they could control, you know, and they weren't so, you know, addicted to it all the time. That's, that's really interesting. Very interesting story, Jim. So I don't know if all the parents can be as, you know, they don't budge, do not budge kind of attitude. Would they be able to do that? But I think parents, from what you say, I think parents need to be strong and need to know where to stop what's happening or else they should also learn to substitute right as you said like you said your boy started playing football and then the interest changed right and as probably going back to what you said the dopamine came from the football right <laughs> yeah you, yes absolutely yeah that happens it completely right? did yes yes so you know and and, and i will say like it was that was a very different time in terms of like all I was trying to prevent was television and and videos. It's very different than like having a, a you know having a cell phone in your pocket all the time, and your child knows there's a cell phone there, and they want a cell phone, or they have a cell phone, or they have you know kids have uh, tablets now and laptops and all this stuff. You know, one thing I did also as the kids got older and they did get their own computers and things like that is I I. Um, we, we basically required them and we had it set up so that all the computers were down in the public room, you know, so they were all like in, in, in the basically in the living room or the dining room. And that way it was kind of also saved a lot of problems in terms of kids getting into stuff they shouldn't be getting into, going on websites they shouldn't be going on to, because it wasn't like them hiding up in the room for eight hours and you don't ha have any idea what they're doing, you know. Um, I'm also I'm also very much in favor of, you know, any kind of restrictions you can put on through your through your web browser web like your um, Wi-Fi router to restrict certain sites or 
you can you can do amazing things with these when you learn those settings because you can restrict like you can restrict by phone or by computer what they're able to access and how long you can set a timer so like it'll it'll shut off their Wi-Fi after you know after an hour you can have it so that it will shut off their Wi-Fi at 10:30 or 9:30 or whatever bedtime you have for your kids so there is a lot of ways to sort of put in some restrictions and control on that. Um, but I think it's, it's also important. I think it's, I mean, when you originally you were asking me about educating your kids and what can, how can you tell them, train them to not be so addicted or be, you know, be the effect of these things. And I think one of the things, um, I, I do think there is a point in, in talking to them about it. I don't, I don't think that, I don't think, I don't think it takes just reason. Like, I don't think the kids will just, you know, you can give them a logical argument and then they just believe it and they're fine and they stick with it. I think you need to have this sort of control as a parent. But I do think it is valuable to talk to the kids and say, listen, this is what happens. And I think really to tell them, like, <clears throat> the people who create these games are not your friend, right? They see you as a customer and they want to absorb as much time and money from you as possible. And they're not really on your side. Really, they're kind of your enemy. And that's hard to say because, you know, like a good drug addict, they always, you always think they your best friend, right? So, um, but I, you know, one, one thing, um, like with my kids, I did when they were really quite young, I mean, less than 10 years old, is I explained to them how advertising worked and how advertising was there to get you to buy things and even things you didn't want or didn't need. It makes you feel like you need it. And I, I, I kind of trained them to, to be aware of that so that they could, uh, just kind of would have just have that awareness, just have that ability to like um, recognize what was happening to themselves. Yeah. So that's interesting, Jim. That's really, really interesting. Uh, you know, giving the child the awareness of why this is so and so, you know, why like you spoke about advertising and stuff. But I was just thinking about small kids, you know, like I recently encountered this three year old. And he said he goes to uh, sleep watching uh, his phone. So I told him, oh my God, that's not a nice thing to do. And he said, but that's what phones are for, isn't it? <clears throat> and I was like, oh no. <laughs> so I told, <laughs> so I think parents don't know that a child could be read a story or, you know, to put them to sleep. And I think it's the parents the easy way out too. We should be educating parents more. Like I'm sure from this episode parents would get a better idea of why this is happening yes i i agree with you and i also think that um you know what the 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 main thing i want to say is like it's not like i'm like i'm a big computer nerd right i love computers i've worked with computers since the early 80s you know i took one of the first computer programming classes at my high school you know whatever i always have the best gadgets the newest phones all that stuff so, I mean, I love technology. I'm not like somebody who's like, you know, backward thinking in this subject. But I think that the, the line you want to watch with your kids is, are they a producer or are they a consumer? So if you give a kid a smartphone and he's making videos on it, he's designing whatever artwork on them, he's, he's uh he or she is like programming, making like little programs themselves, things like that. Then they're producing something. You know, they use it to, to write stories. They use it to, 
build websites, things like that. You know, my, my nephew who's, I don't know, 14 years old or so, started his own YouTube channel. I'm like, okay, that's a great use of technology to be a producer, right? Uh, however, 99% of the people are just consumers, right? They're consuming content, they're watching videos, they're scrolling through social media, they're just consuming, consuming, like, like you know, just eating up as much of those, those, uh, those electrons as they can. And I think that that's, that's the thing you wanna watch with your kids. Are they using it as a tool for creating something or are they using it as a, just as a means of consumption? You're right. So, so which means, uh, you know, you, uh, the coding classes that we have these days, which is helping students to become more creative, are a great way to get them to be using technology in the right way, right? Yes, because again, all of those things, all those, you know, coding classes and all that stuff, there are challenges. You know, we talk about, again, that dopamine effect those challenges that you have to do, like, oh, I have to program this thing, and now I gotta make a robot that can walk around this maze, or whatever, you know, you have all these kind of challenges in these programs and things. The, those, it's those challenges that give, again, again that, 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 like that dopamine effect, right? That reward effect, like, oh my gosh, I accomplished something, oh, I really did this, oh, I really made this. So, you know, rather than just running around and shooting as many enemies as you can in some video game, here you're actually building something, and you're also getting that sort of like, that reward and that that uh, feeling of success of accomplishment, and I think that's really important. So, you know, part of that can you know you can do you know, I'm going to assume that most people cannot eliminate you know cell phones and tablets entirely, okay? Because I mean, as adults, we're on them and, and need them for our lives now. I mean, we somehow survive without them for thousands of years, but now we cannot survive without them. So. You know that's just the the way the world is today, um, but I would say you know I wouldn't give I wouldn't give I wouldn't give cell phones and tablets to young children like I mean uh, and I would define young as you know ten and younger like maybe they can use my cell phone or my tablet from time to time but I wouldn't let just have them have their own that they can just use whenever yeah um, and then also um, and it's also the you know. The example we set as parents as well. You know, if we're constantly on our phone and we're ignoring our family and we're just, you know, telling the kid, oh, leave me alone when I'm on my phone. And, you know, we're not building that family, those family ties and relationship and communication. Then, you know, what, what example are we setting for their for our children? Yeah. So I think as uh, in one of your previous episodes, we spoke about you know, setting examples and setting rules. This should also be part of our rules at the household. Am I right, Jim? I, I think so, you know. For those of them out there who are following us, I'm sure they could get some help from our previous episode where you spoke about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It goes, goes back to your family culture. Like, are you a family that just sits around, right? Sits around at the table and like, you have four different people doing four different things or, you know, do we put our cell phones away and talk and, you know, engage with each other? Yes, I remember that myself. So I'm sure those those people out there who are following our uh, Spotify, uh, following us on Spotify would be able to connect immediately and bring in a family culture and then, you know, do something about kids and technology. This is really great, Jim. Thank you very much for all that insight. It was 
truly, truly very helpful. I think all our parents who are listening to us would get a lot of good advice from you. Thank you very much, Jim. Thank you. And, and always, Bhavani, I want to wish everybody happy parenting and that we're all here to just make the next generation brighter, stronger, and happier than our own.